0: You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strug. Let's jump right in. And we're back. Welcome to another episode of the Torah Sparks Podcast. This week's Parsha is... Parshas I want to begin with a moving story, a powerful story. Um, it's The title of the story is Father's Eyes, and it's a story that I read that I'd like to share with you. And it's a story about a boy who was, he ended up becoming a pole vault champion, but he, he was a skinny young boy in his youth, and he loved football. He loved the game of football with all of his heart. And practice after practice, he eagerly gave everything he had. But he was half the size of the other boys. He he got really nowhere. But there was one thing that stuck out, and that was every single practice that this boy went to, his father came to watch. He was always standing and in, in cheering in the crowds. He never missed a game. This young man, the young boy, who played football in high school, again, he wasn't really that good. He didn't really play, he didn't have much playing time, but still the father always came and stood on the side. The young man was still the smallest of the class when he entered high school, but his father continued to encourage him, but also made it very clear, hey son, you know, you don't have to play football if you don't want to. But the young boy said, you know, I love football, and he, he wanted to stay there, and he was determined to try his best and show up at every single practice, and perhaps he'd be able to play when he would become a senior, when he would get a little bit bigger. And all through high school, he never missed a practice, not a, or not, not a game, but he remained what you call a bench warmer all four years. But guess what? His faithful father was always in the stands, always with words of encouragement for him. The young boy eventually became a man. He went to college. He decided to try it for the football team as a walk-on. Everyone was sure no way he's going to make the cut, but lo and behold, he actually did. And the coach admitted that he kept him on the roster because he always put his heart and soul to every practice. He was consistent. He always showed up. And at the same time, he, he he provided to the other members of the team a spirit, uh this idea that you gotta hustle really badly. And this, this this boy, this man, he represented that. So it was worth having him on the team. And the news that this boy survived the cut to make it to the college team, um, it ended up big, you know becoming so well known in the town and he the boy was so ecstatic obviously that he made the team he, he went to the, the phone he called his father and his father shared the incredible excitement and his father immediately purchased season tickets for every single college game and uh, throughout college the young boy never missed a practice during the four years it, it, but still he never got to play in a single game yet the father came to every single game to cheer on his son, to give him encouragement. And it wasn't until the end of his senior football season, as he trotted onto the practice field shortly before the big playoff game. And the boy, this was back before they had telephones, they had telegrams back when this took place. And he received a telegram and he became deathly silent He swallowed hard and he mumbled to the coach. He said, My father died this morning. Is it okay if I miss practice today? And the coach put his arm gently around his shoulder and he said, Take the rest of the week off, son. And don't even plan to come back to the game on Saturday. You need a break. Lo and behold, Saturday arrived and the game was not going well. In the third quarter, when the team was 10 points behind, A silent young man, this boy, quietly slipped into the empty locker room and put on his football gear. As he ran onto the sidelines, the coach and his players were astounded to see their faithful teammate back so soon, even after the loss of his father. Coach, please let me play. I've just got to play today, said the young man. The coach pretended not to hear him. There was no way he wanted his worst player in in such a close playoff game. But the young man persisted, and finally, feeling sorry for the kid, the coach gave in. All right, he said. 22, you go in. Before long, the coach, the players, everybody who was there in the stands could not believe their eyes. This little nobody, who never played a single game, he was putting the opposing team to shame. He ran, he passed, he blocked, he tackled like a superstar. His team began to triumph, and soon the score was tied. In the closing seconds of the game, the kid intercepted a pass and ran all the way for the winning touchdown. The fans broke loose. His teammates hoisted him onto their shoulders. It was such loud cheering you've never even heard. And finally, after the stands had emptied and the team had showered and left the locker room, the coach noticed this young man was sitting quietly in the corner all alone. The coach came to him and said, Kid, I can't believe it. You were fantastic. Tell me, what got into you? How did you do it? And the young man looked at the coach with tears in his eyes, and he said, Well, you knew my dad died, but did you know that my dad was blind? The young man swallowed hard and forced a smile. Dad came to all of my games. He cheered for me. He gave me encouragement, but today was the first time he could see me play. And I wanted to show him I could do it. Such a beautiful story, such a profound idea. So many different avenues, so many different lessons we can learn and glean. But I wanted to focus on this last point that the son, you know, his father was no longer in this world. But he decided, you know, that gave him the encouragement. he, He realized that his father was watching him now for the first time in heaven now and he was going to prove to him and to the world that he could do it you know we refer to Hashem as Hashem doesn't doze He doesn't sleep Hashem our Father in heaven is constantly watching us constantly looking at us what's going to be our choices that we make our decisions that we make Hashem our Father in heaven is rooting for us He's cheering for us He's encouraging us. And it's our job on this world to show Him, Hey Hashem, you gave me these talents, these strengths, these abilities, and yes, these weaknesses, they are all handpicked from you. And I'm going to use, I'm going to show you that I could do this. In you know, the first three words of the Parsha, it says, elav Yehuda," And Yehuda, he approached him, he approached his brother Yosef, the Baal HaTurim points out an astounding thing. He says, if you notice, the Sofi Tevos, the end letters of those three words, Vayigash, Elov Yehuda, is Shin Vav He, which spells Shaveh, which means equal. And Yehuda was telling Yosef, Ata Melech, Yosef, you think you're a king? You think you're so big? Gamani Melech. I am also a king. And you know, we know Yehuda represented the, the, the kingship, the, the dynasty of the Jewish people. But it's, a, it's such a profound lesson for us in our service and in our mission on this world. You know, the Yitzhahara tries to tell us, hey, I'm your melech, I'm your king, I'm in charge, I'm in control of you, now bow down to me. Or listen, look at this, don't look at that. Don't spend time learning that. Hey, don't concentrate on this. Waste your time with that. And the Yitzhahara tries to say, I'm, I'm your king. Listen to me, okay? You got to bow down to me. You got to listen to everything I say. But we have to be like Yehuda and not be afraid to approach and not be afraid to Vaigash and not be afraid to stand up for who and what we are love the just like you're a king, Gama ni and we have to say that to the Yitzhahara. just like you think you're a king, and you think you're in control, and yes, you're very powerful, and you're very strong, and you have a great deal of influence in my life, but Gama ni I too am a king. I have a chilek alok from the melech ma'al lachem himself, I have a piece of that, and therefore I too am a king. And therefore, I'm not going to be bossed around by you. I'm not going to look at where you're telling me to look at. I'm not going to necessarily think about what you're telling me to think about. I'm not going to waste my time with the things you're trying to tell me to waste my time with. I'm not going to spend my time in a state of misery and a state of, you know, uh, hopelessness, because that's what you're telling me to do. And because you're trying to say, you're my king, and I need to listen to you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show the world. And I'm going to prove to my Father in heaven, to the ultimate king, the Melech Lachim, that I'm utilizing that kingship that I have as well from Hashem. And I'm going to use that and become the best person that I could possibly be. And let's take this as a message, as a lesson, as an insight for us in our own lives to be the best that we can in every situation, in every circumstance where the Yitzhahara tries to convince us of one thing and tries to uh, bully us and boss us around. You know, somebody once joked around and said that, "Hey, I'm the, you know, my wife is the my wife is the boss, my wife is the boss, but I'm the Balha boss, I'm the Balha boss, Balha boss." But and it's a joke, but it's it's a serious, and I think we could imply that same um, joke to to the Itahara. and the Itahara says, uh, you know, the thinks he's the boss, but let's be the Balha boss, let's be the one in charge of him, let's show him, let's be in control of him. And therefore, I'm going to make my choices, make my decisions, and not be subject to the Yitzhak Hora. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Torah Sparks Podcast. If you enjoy this content, please rate, please leave a review, and we'll see you next time.